today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. It's actually been a real challenge to try to teach through the Bible in a year. Some books were easier than others, but some, man, there's like just so much in there. He's like, man, I don't want to take just one week to do that book. Uh, you know, what we found is that uh, as we've been going through, we started out by saying it's kind of a, uh, the Bible at 30,000 feet, you know, and you're just kind of looking down, kind of getting an idea. Well, the fact is, is we landed a few places. We did a little sightseeing along the way. So we're now at that like 18-month mark. So as we take kind of the last leg of our flight, would you take your Bibles, please? Turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 12. The Bible is a tool for us to use to understand God and His will more fully. It is bursting with meaning, lessons, examples, and the love of God. In today's message, Pastor David continues his teaching through the Bible in a year. He describes this overview as looking down at the Bible from 30,000 feet and just getting an idea of its major themes. If you desire to know the Lord more intimately, delve into the Bible deeper and study what God has inspired the authors to write. It's a gift to you and a blessing from God. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Daniel chapter 12 and the book of Revelation as he begins his message, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's actually been a real challenge to try to teach through the Bible in a year. Some books were easier than others, but some, man, there's like just so much in there. He's like, man, I don't want to take just one week to do that book. Uh, you know, what we found is that uh, as we've been going through, we started out by saying it's kind of a, uh, the Bible at 30,000 feet, you know, and you're just kind of looking down, kind of getting an idea. Well, the fact is, is we landed a few places. We did a little sightseeing along the way. So we're now at that like 18-month mark. So as we take kind of the last leg of our flight, would you take your Bibles, please? Turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 12. The book of Daniel, chapter 12. <laughs> yeah, that really threw you. We're going to go back and do Daniel again? No. Hang in there. Daniel chapter 12. Uh, chapter 12, that's the last chapter of this historic prophetic book. Uh, Daniel, a man who served, he, he served the Lord in ministry from the time he was a young teenager uh, until his death as an old man. And he did that in a foreign land uh, with a foreign culture and foreign religions, and yet he remained true to his one true God. And so there's such, again, such a powerful thing in the life of Daniel. But we're not going to study the book of Daniel tonight. But the things that are written here in the last chapter of uh, Daniel, that's what we want to look at this evening as we get into the study. In Daniel chapter 12, Daniel here, uh, he's told twice, actually, to shut the book up because the things that he's been shown are actually going to be revealed in the last times. Look here in chapter 12, down in verse uh, 4. It says, But you, Daniel, 
shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Well, what's he speaking about? Let's look back up real quick with me. Verse 1, chapter 12. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be, what does he say? A time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation. Even to that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is what? Found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, knowledge shall increase. Well, it goes on and, and through that, and then down in verse 9, uh, again, it comes to the fact that, again, something's just not going to be revealed during Daniel's time. Look at verse 9. He, this, this angel, said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Now, we could go back and we could look at the, the, the events that were prophesied back in, uh, from chapter 9 and on in the book of Daniel. But again, we're not going to take the time tonight. We could look at the 70 weeks that Daniel speaks to us of, speaking of the end times, the last times. Uh, some of those things uh, that were prophesied have, have actually already been fulfilled while others are still waiting for the end of all things. And then that's where, again, Daniel said, but I want you to close that up. We're not going to reveal all of these things at that point in time. So there's no doubt that these events show, shown, they're powerful. But the reason I'm bringing this whole issue of Daniel's prophecies up to you is because he was said, now seal all of that up until the time of the end. So when and where are we going to be able to see and read what Daniel saw? Well, it's going to be when we have the unveiling of those words. I mean, let's face it, in our culture, we want to have full disclosure, don't we? We want to, we want to know everything. Well, the fact is, I believe that what was closed up during Daniel's time has already been revealed to us. As a matter of fact, the revelation of what was sealed up is found in the last book of your Bible, the book of Revelation. Now, for years, as, as a young believer, I used to call it the, uh, the book of Revelations, I just kind of got into that habit, the book of Revelations, until an older brother, more mature in the faith, he came to me one day and says, hey, you know, I keep hearing you say Revelations. It's Revelation, singular, because the revelation is of Jesus Christ. All these other things are peripheral things, but this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And I thought, wow, that is really deep. Where in the world did you figure that out? And then I looked and said, oh yeah, chapter 1, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so these things that I believe that were, that were closed up in, in Daniel's time, in Daniel's book, in Daniel's prophecies, closed up, sealed till the end of time. Uh, here we read that this revelation is actually things that must, what, take place shortly. Look what it says, verse 1. Things which must shortly take place, shortly take place. Now, this book opens, and it reveals 
the end times. Why? Because the time is near. Verse 3 says, Blessed is he who reads, and those who hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written in it. Why? Because now the time is near. Before in Daniel's time, no, keep this sealed until the end time. Now, okay, John, now it is time. We are at the end times. Now, you don't have to do a whole lot of uh, research or, or study through the word or digging to realize that we right now are in the last days. We're in the last days, the latter days, the, the end times. Uh, Jesus spoke about that. We find it throughout the Gospels. The apostles wrote about it. The other writers of the New Testament wrote about it. These are the last days. They all began at the birth of the church. Uh, Acts chapter 2, around AD 33, that was the beginning of the last days. And right now, as I've shared with you before, I believe that we are in the last of the last days. Now, beloved, if they believed that it was close, we're 2,000 years now down the road. So either they did not know what they were talking about, and they were just talking out of their hat and they had no clue, or they spoke with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which I believe is what did happen. And it was the beginning of the last days. So that puts us in the last phase or the last days of the last days. How much longer do we have? Only God knows. The trumpet of the Lord shall sound and uh, the dead in Christ shall rise again. And uh, how many of you are glad the Lord did not come uh, before 1970 uh, or the, the day before you came to a knowledge of Christ? But I am encouraged with the words that are written, the, the, the last verses of the last chapter of the last book. Look at Revelation 22. Revelation 22, verse 20. Jesus speaking here, he says, He who testifies of these things says, Surely I am what? Soon and very soon. The excitement that the early church had for the second coming of the Lord, for the soon coming of the Lord, and even the excitement that we found in the late 60s, early 70s, again, that the Lord is coming soon. Guess what? The church doesn't have that anymore. By and large, the church just does not have that anymore. We have become either complacent or we figured, no, I just don't know if he's coming or not. Now, we may not say that, but let's just Face the reality. Let's throw it on the table. By and large, it's hard for us to live with the excitement that any day now, even today, Jesus could come again. Any day now, he's coming again. And you know what? Yes, the long-suffering, the patience of our Lord. But the enemy, I think, is also taking the patience of the Lord and working in our minds to say, ah, that's okay. We can, we can kind of chill. We can kind of back down. We don't have to be so excited about these things. After all, he's probably not going to come today. Oh, but church, he says, I'm coming quickly. Hey, a lot of people, they, they, they shy away from studying the book of Revelation. They, they reckon it to be like uh, Sir Winston Churchill when he spoke about Russia. Uh, and this is back in the 19. 19- 39, that was before my time. Uh, Churchill said that, that Russia was a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. And a lot of people look at the book of Revelation and say, there's just like no way I can understand the book of Revelation. I tried. I read through the first couple of chapters. That didn't make sense. Surely once I get into the, the middle chapters, they're not going to make any sense at all. But beloved, when I look at the fact that it says, blessed is he who reads 
And those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, the blessings of God, not only here but also at the end, blessings that comes upon those who read this word. I believe that it's important. And we need to understand that the Lord gave us the book of Revelation, the, the writings that are here, the message to John, in order that, again, all things would be revealed because the things are going to take place shortly, for the time is near, and beloved, it's for our benefit to study them. The problem with studying a book like the book of Revelation or any prophecies pretty much at all, it all comes many times. We go at it with preconceived or preset doctrinal beliefs or understandings. We, we end up interpreting words. We end up interpreting uh, phrases and, and events throughout the whole book differently. And depending upon where you grew up and the, the, the church or the theological understanding that you've had, you would read this in a different way than someone else might read it. Or if you are a brand new believer, I love when brand new believers read the book of Revelation and they're the ones that get excited about it. And they're, Wow! What's going on in this book? I'm ready for Jesus to come because this looks like exciting stuff. Guys that have been believers for years and decades, yeah, but, you know, when you really kind of understand what's going on, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the drive, the passion, the excitement for it just kind of dwindles down. So before we even get to an overview of the book, and this is the reason we're going to take a couple of weeks, uh, two or three weeks with this book, I want to touch on some, some of the major viewpoints or, or, or theological stands that uh, a lot of people take and, and, and how they vary in their interpretation of the message and, and even the importance of the book of Revelation. You know, for a lot of believers, they say, oh, Revelation is not even important. And others say, oh, no, it's of absolute utmost importance. How can the same people be on total opposite poles of their understanding or appreciation of a book, I believe, as important as the book of Revelation? Now, you're going to need to bear with me because, again, some of this, we're going to take a little portion in the middle of the message tonight. It's not going to be a Bible study as much as it is just kind of laying out a little bit of some theological thoughts or or doctrinal stands that some people take. And as we go along here, you might say, oh, I think that's where I'm at. Or that's where my church that I used to go to, that's what they believe, but I don't believe that anymore. So bear with me here. I've got it down to like four main groups, but you've got to know if you've studied theology for very much, uh, out of those four groups, there, there's, there's a tremendous amount of variations within those fours. The first concept, the first viewpoint, and I encourage you, you can take notes and look at these things later, uh, again, for your own interest. The first viewpoint uh, in reference to the interpretation and how they, how they interpretate uh, the, the events and even the words in Revelation is called the allegorical or the non-literal viewpoint. Uh, They look at the book of Revelation as pretty much simply as allegory. In other words, it's just telling a story to tell a story, but that's not the real story, but you wouldn't understand the real story, so we're going to tell you another story to help you understand the story. Does that make sense? Uh, Okay. Nothing is really literal there, and for the most point, those that hold this belief, they feel that, that... 
the book of Revelation is simply an, an illustration, an illustration pretty much depicting, again, God's final victory over sin. That's all it is. Just a, it's a story. It's an illustration of how, yes, God wins. God wins in the end. So very basic. I understand that. But in a very general sense, without digging down into the weeds, uh, again, the allegorical or the non-literal, they just look at Revelation and say, it's a story telling a story. It's an illustration. Yes, it's an illustration that, that God wins over sin. The second point uh, we look at is what's called the preterist viewpoint. Now, for the preterist, the events of Revelation, most of them still symbolic but they're symbolic of the struggles and the battles of the early church. Uh, the preterist denies any future fulfillment, uh, at least future prophetic fulfillment of the book of Revelation. In other words, they believe that it already happened. Everything in Revelation has already been done. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, the big event of it, you know, around 70 AD with the fall of Israel and the whole new change of, of, of things. Uh, again, some go so far as to say that right now we are living in, guess what? The new heavens and the new earth. Now, if this is the new earth, man, somebody messed something up real bad, okay? Uh, others believe, again, we are even in a symbolic uh, millennial reign, thousand-year reign, that the thousand-year reign of Christ that we read in the Bible isn't really a thousand years. It was just, again, uh, not to be taken literally. It's just, uh, it's just an era, and we are now living in that time. Satan was defeated at the cross. Jesus reigns and rules even now. That's pretty much how they look at it. There's others within the camp that believe that Revelation, again, just simply declares principles of how God deals with man. Again, just principles. It's not a real deal. Kind of falling in that allegorical, uh, non-literal sense and kind of blending the two together. Some of the more famous ones who are in the camp of the preterists are guys like Hank Hanegraaff and uh, the late R.C. Sproul, a fellow by the name of Gary DeMar, who is also very active within the Christian community, if you've heard those names, they are preterists. They believe that the book of Revelation is, is already done. It's not, a, it's not a future event. It doesn't mean they're, they're not saved. It just means they're wrong. Uh, but uh, <laughs> even as intelligent as these guys are, uh, I, I think there's just so many things they're missing. Uh, the third viewpoint is what's called the historical viewpoint. And again, it's kind of a preterist light, or you move from the historical viewpoint. There's a lot of Calvinists that, most Calvinists, if not all Calvinists, are in the historic uh, viewpoint, and many of those have moved on into that deeper preterist uh, uh, viewpoint. But again, it's primary belief that, uh, again, that everything that's spoken of in Revelation, it's already taken place. And again, they're, they're similar, but, but they're not quite as extreme as the preterist in a lot of the areas. Through the years, many that are within that group, they, they find uh, the fulfillment of, actually, as they're looking at this and studying it, they say, well, within my generation, we, we've seen this happen. Or uh, within the generation before, that happened. So they see kind of a fulfillment of these things that have either are happening in their generation right now or have taken place in their generation or in a recently previous generation. Because of that, they tend to deny, again, a literal future millennial or, or thousand-year reign of Christ. 
they also deny literal future events that we see within the book of Revelation. They're working both with the allegorical, they're working with the historical, blending all of those together. Not quite as extreme as the preterist, not quite as allegorical or non-literal as the allegorical or non-literalist. The fourth viewpoint is what's called the futurist's viewpoint, the futurist's. Some form of this viewpoint is pretty well common among almost all conservative evangelicals. Some form of this. And, and yet there's, there's a ton of variations even within conservative evangelicals. Uh, again, uh, on the background, uh, depending upon the denominational stands, their, their affiliation. They're, they're usually what are called pre-millennialist, number one, they believe in the millennial reign, the thousand-year reign of Christ. A pre-millennialist believes that the church uh, or the second coming of Christ happens before the millennial. Not all of them believe in the rapture. Uh, Some just say it's the second coming of Christ, coming before that thousand-year reign. The, The millennial reign of Christ, we see it in Revelation 20, he, he comes again just prior to that final destruction of the earth, the new heavens, new earth being created in Revelation 21. For the premillennialist, Revelation chapters 4 through 22 are events that are yet to happen. They, they have not happened yet. They're in the future. That's why they're futurists. Uh, with chapters 4 through 18 in particular, dealing with the seven years of the tribulation and a portion of that dealing with the last three and a half years of the seven years as being the great tribulation. And again, Daniel writes about that great tribulation. Daniel 12, 1, when he speaks about there shall come a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. You you say it's going to be worse than the Holocaust? Yes, worse than the Holocaust. It's what Jesus teaches about in Matthew 24, verse 12, when Jesus says, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. So it's going to be the worst time in the world. There'll never, ever be another time like it. It's going to be the worst of the worst. That's what we call the great tribulation. And again, that's what we look at as the last three and a half years of that seven-year tribulation period. Now, within the camp of the futurists, not all believe in the rapture, and uh, and that's this taking the, the bodily snatching away of believers from the earth. Those uh, who died will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. There's different variations on how and what they believe, uh, or even if they believe in the rapture. Some futurists believe in what's called a post-tribulation rapture. So in other words, there will be a rapture, but the church will go through all seven years, including the three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. They're called post-tribulation, premillennial raptures. It, it, the, the titles get longer and longer to fit everybody in. Surprisingly and sadly, too many followers of Jesus are Bible illiterate. 
They know a few basic names or facts, but the abundance of truth and love inside this great text is getting lost. This is why Pastor David feels it's necessary to take some time to work through the Bible in this series, and we're so glad you've joined us here on The Open Word for it. Each time you tune in, Pastor David will be giving you an accurate and succinct dialogue of a book of Scripture, pointing out the key passages and truths that everyone needs to be aware of. If you missed any part of today's message or any part of this series, we encourage you to visit our website. You'll be able to listen again at theopenword.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, and please feel free to share these teachings with your friends and family. Everyone can benefit from this Through the Bible series. Are you in the Casa Grande area? If so, Pastor David has an invitation to extend to you. Every message you hear on The Open Word is one that I shared here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande, a great church where I enjoy my role as senior pastor. I'd love to see your face next time I get up to teach, and I'd really enjoy meeting you afterward. Please consider coming on out and joining us this weekend. You'll be able to find all the information you need at theopenword.com. Just click the Calvary Chapel link at the bottom of the page. See you there. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all for today. But join us next time to continue through the Bible here on The Open Word. Make us more.